Today's episode is brought to you by our gaming podcast, Achievement Oriented. Each week, Ben Lindbergh and Jason Concepcion explore the virtual world, interviewing industry experts and reviewing the latest video game releases. Make sure to subscribe to Achievement Oriented on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Mask Man Show. WrestleMania is right around the corner, and sitting right next to me is my boss. Uh, Your the friend. And my friend, and, you know, one of the first mainstream pro wrestling fans out there, man, Bill Simmons. Who beat me? Oh, there are people that beat you. Who? Well, yeah, I people, know. People, Who are they? People will tweet me about all the people that were famous wrestling fans before you, but... No, no, who, in the mainstream media, who, because who, I always felt like a pariah whenever I brought it up. It's true. I'm, on my old website from 97 to 01... I was we had, I had a wrestling call. My friend Birdman wrote wrestling, and I would do running diaries of some of the pay per views. And then when I went to go do it at page two, <laughs> they were like, "I can't remember what the first one I did, but I know it was in the first year." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm gonna do this running diary." The what? And they were like, "What?" Yeah, it was more socially acceptable to show up at WrestleMania as a guest star than to, than to write about wrestling on the internet. Yeah, like, Bob, nobody gave Bob Euchre shit, but you got lots of. But you, well, you like, know you what's funny? It. So when I was planning my old website, so this is '97. And they made me like the, uh, the it was they had a Digital City movie guy in this AOL Boston site, and I was like, I want to be their di- Digital City boss uh, sports guy. So I sketched out all the stuff that I thought could work on a website for columns. And one of the things was wrestling coverage, and and it was part of my pitch. And I can remember whoever I was pitching it to, and I'm like, man, wrestling, it's 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 so hot right now, and, and nobody's writing about it. And the guy's <laughs> just looking at me like, who the f- fuck is this guy uh, but it's funny I mean, because now we're all every wwe and all of us like wrestling fans are just trying to like recapture the glory days of that period when wrestling was so 20 hot. years ago yeah. i mean literally it was 20 years ago yeah but um but I, I always felt and i definitely felt at espn the first couple of times in the emails and stuff when i wrote about it and it was obvious that i actually followed it and knew it was going on people were always like oh you kind of actually but it was still like always a backhanded compliment yeah Oh, you kind of actually sort of got your way through that. I was like, I fucking watch wrestling. What are you talking about? <laughs> I get the pay-per-views. I had a legal box basically for the best time you could. I told you this. Yeah. I had a legal cable box from like 96 to 2000. It was like I was getting ECW. I was getting WCW wow. and WWE. It was like every weekend something was on. Yeah. And ECW, 97 to 99, I still stand by from a pay-per-view standpoint. Yeah. as like way, 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 way up there. I didn't get to see any of that in real time, and it doesn't. Dude, nobody it, did. It doesn't Why stand would the you? test of time. Yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, no, you, I mean, I think you really had to be there in the moment to, to but fully now I, appreciate now it. Now I feel like it's the opposite. Now I think people... You have more people than ever masquerading as real wrestling fans, and nobody's calling them out on it, right? Because there's so many. How do you know? Yeah, I mean, there's, but that's fine. I would yeah. rather there be a sea of fake wrestling fans than you know, people. No, ten like, percent of you hates it. Yeah, okay, that's. I mean, maybe, but I, but it's still like just a transformation since I started writing about it. I've talked about this before, but yeah, when you know, I first started writing at Deadspin. They, they, was I like mean, 2010, yeah, somewhere around there. Like, they, their comment sections were just like, What the hell is this doing? Get here? this guy out of here. And it's Deadspin, like, it yeah. wasn't this wasn't ESPN.com, or right? And now we're in a world where Triple H pops up on first take and it seems totally normal, you know. I mean, it's it's, it's ratings. <laughs> no, ESPN it looked at it at some point and said, When these guys come on, the ratings go up. Yeah. Watch oh, this sure. eight minute stretch when they got like, the only reason they're they doing it. They got to coordinate. Like they I mean, they kind of coordinate it off too. I mean, they let, you know, Beatle broke the Brock Lesnar news a couple years ago or whatever. And they had Coachman doing those w, like the post sports center segments sort of separately. Yeah. I mean, first take sort of separate in its own thing. Cause it's sort of like the, the sports talk version of pro wrestling, you know I mean? It's like something from msnbc or fox it's like a, it's a it's sort of a put on and you it. could argue that espn should have just bought ring of honor or one of those like the smaller ones and just put it on espn yeah. too on for the amount Tuesdays of money that they pay for all the other content yeah, they seriously. could have bought ring of honor for or would evolve or something like that for just like a penny and put it and had it in one of their buildings in hartford they have all these or uh bristol one of these 12 state-of-the-art buildings they have and now they're getting rid of wow. half of their sports centers and well, there's you, no this, use for some of them yeah this should have been anyway. a grantland a, like a, a wing of grantland we think we all dropped the ball on this we should have yeah we <laughs> could have could have been la bristol anyway yeah. wrestlemania 33 my favorite number 
Why? Oh, of course. I just say I'm really. I've always. Big, I'm excited to get to 33. This is this is a big WrestleMania. Um, How old were you when the first WrestleMania happened? That's a great question. I would have six years old or something like that. So I think I've told you this, but when the first WrestleMania happened, it was really one of the most important moments of my 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 teenage dumb. Really? Yeah, and and I mean that in the most as dorky as it sounds. I didn't have a girlfriend. <laughs> I didn't know how to talk to girls. I was sure. an only child. I loved wrestling. Wrestling was all of a sudden becoming popular. And I really felt validated and vindicated. Yeah. I was like, this is great. I, can't, I, I, I was here on the ground floor. And like when Hogan was on SI, it, it oh, was like one of the great. biggest SI cover moments of my life. It was up there with like a Boston person. Being on there. I was like, oh, SI wrote about... You know, it was so exciting. And, and then MTV, MTV was airing Hulk Hogan, or they had the one Hulk Hogan match that led up to WrestleMania That one. was also very validating. Yeah, and the and the uh, Wendy Richter, Fabulous Moolah match was like two separate events. but And it was really early in the pay-per-view era, too. That was the other thing. Oh, Vince no. gets super, Vince gets a ton of credit for that with like, you know, up until like 81, 82, you'd go to these places to watch boxing matches instead of pay-per-view yeah you'd go to like well, some highlight closed circuit or, stuff i mean i saw i think i saw wrestlemania 2 in like a movie theater on closed circuit. That, yeah. yeah but i remember i don't even remember what event it was but having to ex- try to explain what pay-per-view was to my parents and totally failing like yeah. I, I missed major wrestling shows in my childhood because i couldn't even wrap my mind around what this thing was yeah and so and then because i was living my parents got divorced so i'd moved to connecticut and which was also great because for wrestling because the MSG shows every, oh. you know, every four weeks were on. So I basically saw, every, I saw everything. I saw the Sheik uh, lose to Hogan, like all the way through. I, any match that mattered. But um, but I I watched the Belzer thing live. Oh my gosh. Like yeah. The, when, when Hogan choked him out? When Hogan choked him out and they went back to commercial. <laughs> I was watching when it happened. It was exciting. It was Mr. T and Hogan were on Belzer. You just tell me, brother, when you want him to quit squealing, okay? All right. <laughs> A front chin lock. <laughs> he's all right. He's just sleeping. And I don't think you can oversell how big it was for them to get Mr. T in 1984. Mr. T was a massive, massive star. Yeah, he was. It, it was. He was. It was really. It was a really, really big deal. I mean, and as a kid, I, I couldn't really distinguish between like it didn't seem weird to me that Mr. T was a wrestler because it was all in this blur of like comic books and wrestling and Saturday morning cartoons or whatever. Clever Lang was, but was BA from a team was this wrestling character. They're all, yeah, absolutely. The same person. Um, but yeah, I mean, he was absolutely enormous and just had no business being in a wrestling ring, but that was, you know, the beginning of the WWF era of guys like that. And I mean, it's been said a million times, but Piper makes the whole thing work. It's like peak Piper. And he was just such a great villain. And, you really, you really wanted him to lose, but it was before it became cool to root for the bad guys to win. Macho Man, I feel like, was the guy that flipped that. Sure, I mean, Piper- it, was, it was so much fun to root for him that people were like, "Just can you make him a good guy so we can root for him?" Yeah, I mean, he was just amazing. He was so good. Both he and, P- and Piper was. I mean, the funny thing is that Piper, you know, the the last act of his life would still sort of talk shit about Mr. T. Yeah, he's still upset. He should have just taken credit for making that. I mean, it, that should have been the like the, the proudest moment of his career. And the least proud moment was WrestleMania two and they boxed or whatever the hell happened. Ten rounds of boxing. One of the worst. I mean, there's been that was a officially lot of, how it was like promoted. I don't think they went ten rounds. So. There's been a lot of horrible WrestleMania ideas, but that's that's up there. It's in the top twelve. <sighs> yeah, but we were talking so that the Detroit News did an oral history of WrestleMania three, right? Which could have been twenty eight thousand words. I would have read it. Maybe <laughs> mad that we didn't do it for the Ringer, but uh, it got a lot of guys, and it got me. That there's a big part about the Steamboat Savage match that reminded me, like just. What, that was one of the great TV moments of my life. Savage versus Steamboat yeah. was, I, I just, I still, re, even reading about it in the oral history, I was getting excited about how great it was. Yeah. No, no, it was I mean, one of the, it was, it's one of the few matches that I go back to on a pretty regular basis, you know, just to, and just watch start to finish. It's that and the snooker leap were, wouldn't you say those were the two most important mm-hmm. Just for for how they advanced it, wrestling. Yeah, I mean the Snooker Leap was a little bit before the time where I was paying like real, you know, a ton of attention. I'm just talking about where wrestling 
Oh, where wrestling going. ended up going? Snook off the steel cage. Yeah. Snuka. You talked about that on one of your podcasts, right? I mean, it really yeah. seemed like he, I think you said this, it seemed like he, in your memory, that he jumped 50 feet. Yeah, it felt like, it was like he was jumping out of the balcony. Yeah. Didn't, well, it actually wasn't like that. And then, then when he died, then reading about his life and all the different things people wrote, and it turns out he'd been doing this since like 1976. I was like, what? So this is one of the great, this is why wrestling is so awesome is that all this stuff, like if it doesn't happen on screen, it doesn't happen at all. We you're talking about the 30th anniversary of WrestleMania three. Uh, and I wrote about that a little bit today in my column when Hogan slammed Andre, they were, you know, Jesse, the body Ventura was just like, I never thought it would be done monsoon. And, and in fact, it had been like done like 15 times, times yeah. and like three of them were by Hulk Hogan. You know I mean? Like and Stan Hansen did it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, exactly. Stan Hansen was the, maybe the most impressive of the body yeah, slams. It's like us doing it. Yeah. Um, no, it was, I mean, he was a huge guy, but he really got him up. I mean, he like did the full turn. A lot of them just were sort who, of hip tosses. Who am I? Was Stan Hansen a big guy? Yeah, Stan Hansen was really big. I never had a feel for the people that weren't in the WWF. No, it was hard, it's hard to imagine. I and there never were, watched There that. were a whole bunch of those, like, you know, mustachioed guys in cowboy hats running around back then that all sort of blur together. I mean, if you're I not... I always felt like I was cheating on the WWF, like, because... There was a great Texas run. Texas used to be on Sports Channel in Boston. It was on ESPN, too. I mean, yeah, on, on ESPN Classic ESPN. or whatever, yeah. But when they had their great run with the Freebirds and the Vinax, yeah. and it was just, you couldn't knock it into it. That's my favorite I stuff. Like, Am I cheat? Does this mean this I used, against them? I used to go home when I was real little, about the time we're talking about, I would go to visit my grandparents in Charlotte, North Carolina, and just for some, every time you turn on the TV, it was Crockett, Rest. NWA, and Ric Flair would be yeah. yelling on the screen. And I guess that stuff was available on TBS, although I don't I don't think I had watched it up to that point. So I would turn it on and it just felt like I had, you know, unlike cracked the code to a secret yeah. world of wrestling that I that no one else knew about. Um, but yeah, I mean, it did, a lot you, of you do feel like there. you're cheating a little bit. But, you know, I grew up with, I, I grew up with with Memphis, too. So I, I knew that there was a life outside of WWF, sort of true. Um, I mean, some good ones went through Memphis. But yeah, I mean, the 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 Hogan's I mean, the the Steamboat Savage match that you were talking about before is I love that. And I love that. And the and the Hogan Andre match both have this great um like larger than life reputation where we just like rest the wrestlers themselves love to talk about the real life aspect of it. But yeah. even, the, but they, but they kayfabe that like it's all fake where Hogan will talk about, you know, Andre had to let him slam yeah, him or else I don't, if Andre hadn't to let him win the match, it never would have happened. But the, the steamboat savage, since it's like the real wrestling match, like it's the flip side where everybody talks about, the way they planned it meticulously, like move by move up to but it. We didn't know that in 1987. Oh no, of course not. But I love yeah. that. I love that the the craftsmanship is like the story behind that. Well, what about how Steamboat was still all these years later is upset that they didn't have the one extra move of him jumping off the top rope yeah, and right. then getting the one two <laughs> kick out. It's like he's still 30 years later. Is that satisfied with it? Oh man, it's one of the greatest. It's the, it's the you know the the greatest one of the greatest matches of all time. And, and well, you know, I was thinking about so there's this stretch in '87 where Keith Smart hits the game winning shot to <laughs> okay. beat Indiana. In March Madness, sure. Bobby Knight's big title, all that right. stuff. Uh, Hagler Leonard. Uh-huh. Um, WrestleMania. Right. And then there was one more awesome sports <laughs> moment. And it's all... It's on like a two-week span? It's all within a two-week span. But like the the Hagler Leonard pay-per-view and the WrestleMania 3 pay-per-view were like the two biggest pay-per-views to that point. Oh, yeah. And they were within like all. a weekend of each other. It was nuts. Wow. I remember... I don't I, need, WrestleMania three. It's hard to capture now what it was like the week before the match. But like Andre had never lost, so as far as we knew, I mean, yeah, I had never seen it. Of it was like are they, they, Andre can't lose. He doesn't lose. How do you pin Andre? And but knowing that Hogan was probably going to pin Andre, but just not believing that it would happen. Yeah. That to me, I remember that in Savage Steamboat. I don't remember any other match. You couldn't tell me one other match. Even as I was reading that oral history, I'm like, oh, they did that. I just didn't remember. Sure, the two, the two just dwarfed everything else. Oh no, I mean they were the it's the two two probably the two big, biggest wrestling matches like up to that point that like in pop culture memory, if not in just general history, you know. It's two of the top ten all time, right? Yeah, yeah, would you, probably. Would you put? 
Ultimate Warrior beating Hogan. Well, I mean, you can listen. There, there's stuff. That, there, there? there, there are te- there are a lot of matches that happened before television existed that you know were huge I'm deals in the day. But if you, oh, just in WrestleMania, um, I still feel like Hogan Warrior was underrated. It was it was the Warriors' best match. He actually kind of those two guys should never have had a good match no, with their was, styles, and it actually was a pretty compelling match. WrestleMania is an interesting is always an interesting stage when you talk about you know planning out a match and like just the staging of a match because you can just never predict you know you never it's some 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 feuds look a lot better on that in, in a in a football stadium than they did in a basketball arena or whatever. What was Razor and Michaels the latter match in like the second ladder match? Yeah, ninety four ninety five. That's yeah. up there. Yeah, and that, then, yeah, um, it's one of the best matches of all time. So if we're talking about the best mania. Um, Stone Cold versus uh, Bret Hart, the double turn. Yes, I mean that's that's got to be on any list. There's a the rarely seen double turn. Yeah, well, I mean, the, listen, it's the there's there's the planned double turn, and then there's the audience mandated double turn, which is what happened with Hogan and The Rock, and you know, was uh, that that was WrestleMania too, right? When it yeah, that when Hogan. Hogan versus Rock. Oh, that was at WrestleMania. Yeah, I think yeah, you meant at was. WrestleMania too. Uh, Sometimes I can't remember if they were at SummerSlam or WrestleMania. It's like you know, it does. It, once once there's more than four pay per views yeah, a year, it all just like, sort of. Uh, um, but yeah, I mean, listen, I, I I wrote today that that might be what we have in store for Goldberg versus Lesnar, just because the kind of fans that are going to be there are going to be really excited to chant. Everyone's excited to chant Goldberg at first, but I think that the hardcore fans might might be Team Lesnar by midway through the match. I'm just not excited about it. Goldberg Goldberg hasn't shown any inclination that he can have a wrestling match for more than four <laughs> minutes. He's, he's they re- have protected him to a point that, like, if this was an NFL quarterback, and it, he just came out and he handed off every time, and they're like, Goldberg, whoa! At some point, you'd be like, "Well, I like to see him throw on third down. Can he throw a deep pass?" We haven't seen anything. Well, but we're. You're absolutely right. He's wrestled five minutes and nine seconds. Is, is, is that was my calculation since he came back in, in, four matches, in three, like matches. Four, three matches? Three matches. Uh, <laughs> they're all spears. But the um, yeah, no. But it's we we know that he has been able to, if not be like a you know a ring general kind of clinician. We've seen him. He's been a wrestler before. This isn't like yeah. you know Money Mayweather becoming he's a wrestler 50. or something. No, but he's saying it's come on. Right. No, but this is like if. If like I'm trying to think like if like if uh, the pay, if 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 Brady gets hurt and just somehow like Robert Griffin the third ends up as your quarterback and they're just he's just handing it off to the running back every time but you make it to the playoffs at least in your head you're thinking well RG three can throw the long ball or it's feasible that he still has that arm right I guess but I, it's I, I agree this is nuts make a, this is absolutely nuts to make a Lesnar match work. Lesnar, in my opinion, since he came back the second time, the only way his matches seem to work is when he just overpowers and demolishes somebody and they take insane amounts of punishment. And Goldberg's not going to do that. He's 50 years old. So what is he going to – Lesnar's going to suplex him 20 times? Like that's never happening. (laughs) They're just going to be like clotheslining each other and they'll probably take it out of outside the ring. Yeah. Okay. So there's two points of reference for this that I think are really interesting. One is WrestleMania 20, where the match was just a schmoz from the start because the crowd was booing them so loudly because they were both Goldberg and Lesnar fought, but they were, but they were both leaving WWE. Is and, that and, one of the internet's first great in the arena wrestling moments where the internet just overpowered? Yeah. Whatever they intended. The fact the match that the entire be? arena knew that they were that their contracts were up is just a mind-boggling thing when you right. think about it. So that was what rest, that was WrestleMania twenty. So what year is that? Two thousand. Uh, two thousand and two thousand five. Yeah, or, or two, like yeah, whatever. Somewhere in there. Yeah, um, that makes sense. So that there's that. Then there's also Schilling was talking about this on on, on the podcast a few weeks ago. Uh, Goldberg versus Triple H. Goldberg and Triple H had a title match, and it was they were really trying to have a wrestling match. You know, I mean, it was very much like going down the checklist. Like, let's do the lockup. Let's do the bear hug. Yeah, let's do let's do the arm bar. You yeah. know, and it was really rough. It was really now. Triple H wasn't the wasn't as good of a wrestler then as he is now, but um, he was trying. You know, and Goldberg was just it was just limited. It's so tough, man, you got to take it outside the ring. You got to throw some people into the support into the. Uh, the, the little stanchion from the oh, fans. Yeah. 
Get throw them in the stairs. Here, you got to reach out, get the object. You shouldn't supposed to have the ref blocks you at the last second. Like I, you can get five, six minutes out of that. I agree. I think that the real th- Goldberg, first of all, looks like he's 25 years old. I mean, he's just in incredible physical shape, especially for a 50 year old man. Except we haven't really seen him take any bumps. That's yet. where. I, that's what. I, yeah. Not I, one. I I can't quite predict what my reaction is going to be when if when Lesnar like hits him with a hard German suplex, right? I mean, if he like lands on the back of his neck, I'm probably going to not be looking at the screen. And the other weird thing is Lesnar used to be a much better wrestler than he just kind of became this gimmick. He that's exactly right. Which I don't right. understand why he even went in that direction. Well, that's more. Tra- that's even fun for it's him. It's more traditional. He's gone into more traditional wrestling style, which is that if you're a monster, you don't do you know acrobatic things. You don't. I mean, you, you just you're just a monster. Um, Could have more moves than the. I totally agree. Totally agree. I mean, it, it'll be. I I I had Bruce Pritchard on my podcast and asked him about this because um, he was backstage working at WWE forever, and I was just like, how do you? Like, are you, would you be worried about the personality, the size of the, not egos in a bad way, yeah. but can you, te- can you, he- can somebody backstage help these two guys plan their match? Like, I don't even like, I don't know how this, I'm really interested in the mechanics of two people this famous going into the ring and they probably both have ideas individually about what the, how they want the match to look. I mean, does Arn Anderson go up to them and just say like, here's how I think this match should go and then hope for the best. It's kind of crazy to imagine. I mean, obviously there's a time that, I mean, they have to go for 15 minutes or something, but like, I don't, I've seen every wrestler in person that's mattered since like 1980, yeah. at least once. Sure. Out of all the guys, Lesnar is the one that, it's simultaneously the most impressive. Like the the, the crowd is really kind of like in awe of him in a oh, way. Oh yeah. But he also sucks the energy out of the crowd. It's a really weird experience that huh. I can't totally describe where at some point there's like a low and people are like, I'm not having fun, but I'm riveted. Yeah. And it's not like a traditional like when like the 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 best guys of the last ten years, like AJ Styles and CM Punk for a couple yeah. years, Shawn Michaels, these guys that could just ignite the crowd for twenty five minutes. This is like the opposite. The uh, we didn't mention Shawn Shawn versus the Undertaker. Gonna, we we're going to your one? best match. The second, two, right? the second one, I think. I think it, but yeah, it's that's tough. That's like Godfather one and Godfather two. I know it's really incredible. Um, I still feel like Undertaker out of anyone had like the best deal of any wrestler. The best like contract or the no, best just gimmick? The best, the, the best deal slash gimmick of just, yeah. he never really had to take any bumps. He was always, it was always the greatest moment of the other guy's career because of the amount of punishment they took sure, or the bump they took. And it's like, I can't, what, what was, can you remember the Undertaker like really selling anybody? Or be like, wow, the Undertaker got the shit kicked out of him that match. Just, all he did was kick well, the was shit sort of out his of gimmick, people. His gimmick was to be, you know, a zombie. Like when he, you could beat the shit out of him, and then he would sit up. That, but that's, that's my it. point. What a great gimmick. Oh no, it's yeah, really you good. knock him down once, and he does the get up thing, and and meanwhile, like you have to fall through a twenty five foot steel cage and land on thumbtacks. I mean, the most yeah, right. So the the, the impressive thing. I don't look, think he gave enough. Is my point. <laughs> Oh my gosh. This WWE's the, the Andre the Giant documentary is canceled when this is getting no, Undertaker. The Undertaker is selfish. That's our yeah. new documentary. Well, the most impressive thing about him as a character is that he managed to transcend being an old West zombie, right? Like he became yeah. the most beloved wrestler of all time despite having one of the it's not a bad gimmick, it was just a really specific gimmick, right? Well, but it gets even weirder than that though, because then he became the American badass, right? That's where I'm, which but, everybody kind of just now we pretend it didn't happen. Um, every every so hardcore wrestling year. fan that I talked to is like was is like fa- always fantasy books. Him like making the turn back to the American badass just to acknowledge that it existed. He's but, got a motorcycle. He's not he's not the Lord of the Dead anymore. He's an American badass. It's uh, that's terrible. Yeah, I, but the but it but the my favorite thing about his character beyond just like transcending the zombie thing is that. Is that old age has actually become a part of his character, right? I mean, like his best, his most compelling matches have happened in the past five or 10 years because it's like, this is a part time guy that should have been retired by now. I didn't like what I saw from him at the Rumble. No, now we're past that. Now it's like, now that the guy can't move and it looks like his hips are gone. Yeah. But but that run of matches with Shawn Michaels and with Triple H, you know, I mean, there's just his, his old man Undertaker is the best Undertaker. Did I ever tell you my idea? for a wrestler they should let us write like a month of Monday Night Raws alright just hire us and bring us in so 
and maybe this has happened and I just missed it. The guy who can't come up with the right gimmick, so he's constantly trying new gimmicks. The reason I thought of this was because Boogie Nights, right? Yeah. Boogie Nights is basically professional wrestling. Everyone has their gimmick. Yes. So Don Cheeto's character, Buck. Oh, right. He keeps changing gimmicks. And at one point he's wearing like an Egyptian headdress. Yes. And the, la- and the girl that likes him is like, I like your new look. And he's like, yeah, I thought. But he's like clearly searching for gimmick. And I thought, how funny would that be if that was somebody's wrestling gimmick was... You know, like The Miz could have done this, I think. The Miz now is one of the most successful wrestlers, but during that era when he was like, well, what is The Miz? What's the next step for him? And he could have just kept, oh, what's The Miz? What's he doing? Oh, and, and then that didn't work. And then right. could that have worked? Or am I'm I sure there's a version of this. There's there's an example of this that I that I can't, that I'm not, that, that I can't quite remember. This was sort of Cesaro's accidental gimmick for a while when they, like every three weeks they'd give him a beret or give him like a different jacket and, and sort of repackage him. Of course, Mick Foley had like the multiple personality three he gimmicks must, thing. Yeah. I'm saying like you're, you're trying out one every week. I think that would be really great, especially if it were like, especially if it were, um, done um, totally seriously. And Curtis, Curtis Axel did that too. had the, had, it was a comedy version of that where he was like, or, and, uh, wait, who's the other one I'm thinking of? Oh, Damien Sandow. Both those guys had like kind of comedic, like multiple gimmick things. But if it were serious, if it were the just guy's like really trying, he's hoping to catch on. It's like he but like each time the gimmick's bad, he's like, like he know. comes to the ring covered in blood, and then the next week he's like on a skateboard, or he's a football player. Yeah, or is it? It's like why are you a football player? And each one is just as bad. The other one I was it, thinking it would only work if the announcers pretended to be oblivious to it. Like they're like they're just in. They're like they're, they're selling it completely. They're right. like, who's this? Yeah. The other one I think I can't believe they haven't done yet because a lot of these guys have big beards now is the loser shaves the beard match. Yeah. Like if Bray Wyatt's in that, I'm like, holy shit, Bray I, Wyatt might shave his beard. I'm you know, I'm the I'm I'm the ringer's official bald person correspondent. And yeah. uh I there's also like a bunch of just hair versus hair matches that could happen because there's a lot of guys losing it in WWE right now. Oh, that's interesting. Like yeah. it actually helps. There are a them. lot of guys that are there are a lot of guys They're on ready. the verge of of uh, a lot of guys that if they existed in, in in civil civilized society probably would have gotten the close cropped hair by now. So Hulk Hogan to me is the best one ever for that. Who was who he, just... he would start going back and then he he started growing it long in the back. Oh yeah, and then eventually he was just a bald guy with long hair in the back, and then he went to the bandana, which was a very smart move. Wait, I must, was I talking to you about this, or was I texting with somebody this week how like somebody was saying they didn't realize Hulk Hogan was bald until way after he was bald? Just because it was like, I th- he was bald from the moment we first saw he, him, he right? I mean, bushy he was, in the sides. Yeah, yeah he was he always just, He had a bald. little, he had a few wisps on the top. And yeah. then like, you know, there was the cartoon version of Hulk Hogan, the literal, you know, when he had the Saturday morning cartoon, he had a little bit of, he had some hair up there, you know? I have a newsflash. Macho Man was bald. Yeah. They did a, that, that, he, he had the LeBron headband before LeBron did. Oh, that yeah. really big sequined headband was, uh, did a good job of hiding the it. The copious amounts of steroid use probably didn't help these guys with their hairlines either, I'm guessing. No, That's I mean, one these, of the are, first these are, things that goes. these are bad steroids, yeah. So yeah, these are the old school 80s, 70s, 80s steroids. Well, Macho Man, the great, I mean, uh, maybe one of the greatest of all time, definitely, in, you know, in my top three. Um, he was on a lot of stuff. He was not nearly as big as Hulk Hogan, even naturally. Even naturally. They always said it was the guys that weren't that weren't that big were the ones that were doing the most steroids because sure. they had to even just to look remotely in well, the ballpark to, of some of these days. That period where he where he started wearing pants and a and a sleeveless shirt to wrestle was apparently because he was trying to have a kid, and so he had to like go off some of the stuff. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, at least that's the, the steroids that's the internet rumor. I, well, you can see it because they have all the stuff in the library, and that the steroids for a while they just made the guys look like they had a lot of water in them. There was now, a, whatever they do, I'm sure it's nice and sleek. The the quintessential moment for me, and there's pro, I forgot what, there, there's, there's, there are a couple of pay-per-views that are really bad, but there was an episode of the A-Team that Hulk Hogan and like all of the baby faces of this moment of oh, WWF yeah, yeah. were on. And it was like, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat and like Corporal Kirshner, which which puts it at a certain place in time because he was not around for very long. Yeah, but w- there's a moment where they all are on screen like beating up some mobsters because of course the bad guys are mobsters and they look like there was like a water pump next to them just inflating just put, them. Yeah, um, but, you know, much re- I was really excited about that as a kid, man. I mean, my favorite wrestlers were, uh, yeah. 
the Ultimate Warriors and Road Warriors and you know Carrie Von Eric, all those guys were just so huge. when Hogan Davey was Boy in, Smith. When Hogan was in Rocky Three, I only knew him from the cup of coffee with the WWF. And then he disappeared. And when yeah. people disappeared in WWF, you'd be like, the guy's dead. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I, I definitely wasn't magazines. watching him in the AWA or whatever. He came back from Rocky Three. It's like, oh, my God. Oh, he's Thunderlips? Like, yeah. That was pretty crazy. Yeah. Let's take a quick break. Some people still don't get podcasts. They don't know what's out there. They don't know how to listen to them. But you can help change that with a click. Right now, think of somebody you care about. What podcast would they really love? Got it? Now do it. Hit the share button on the bottom left of your screen. And if they don't know how to listen, offer to show them how. Tell us what you'd recommend with the hashtag tripod. That's T-R-Y-P-O-D. Thanks for spreading the word. What is the signature match? Each WrestleMania has the one match. I think. What is it for this one? I think there's a couple of contenders for this. Okay. And, uh, I think... Kevin Owens versus Chris Jericho has some potential just because Kevin Owens is in the right place in his career arc, right? I think Chris Jericho he lost is, so many times though. Yeah, no. Why I th- did they? Why did they make him lose so many times? The WWE sells people by just having them get pinned once the a week. Heels heels have a rough go of it. If you want to, if you want to take win loss record seriously, or like a, you know. I love win loss record. <laughs> I think uh, we should go advanced metrics. I totally agree, man. Kevin Owens' PR is great, and his win expectancy is it's terrible. Yeah. Heels in WWE have a really tough go of it. Um, I, th- I mean, if we're just talking like the top the top tier matches i mean like austin aries and neville i'm sure we'll have we'll find a way to have a five-star match in like eight and a half minutes or something but i think um i think always versus jericho has a has an outside shot i think randy orton versus bray wyatt it just because uh well bray wyatt's already talking it up like they're gonna be an impossible act to follow but also this is a title match they're gonna get time and both of those, both of them are very, very talented. Now, we'll, I don't, I don't think that's going to be Savage Steamboat. I'm going to hurt your feelings. I don't want to spend 30 minutes on a Bray Wyatt match. Well, I know, I, mean, I know the wrestling. I know this going to be 30 minutes, but well, I, I'm just saying, like, I, I, he's never really totally clicked for me. And I don't know if I'm in the minority, or I know he's technically a great wrestler. It's a good gimmick, very distinct. I can't say I'm ever like, oh man, I really enjoy Bray Wyatt. I well, I think Does that for make sense? I think for one, the demographic is more like you know Ben Simmons than Bill Simmons, right? I mean, like, yeah, you, you wouldn't love the Undertaker if he debuted. Well, nobody would if he, if he debuted today. But um, no, I mean, I love Bray Wyatt. I'm an unabashed fan. And no, I th- the, just for the record, the demographic for Ben Simmons is Enzo Amore. Yeah, just if we're being <laughs> if we're being perfectly candid. He thinks Enzo Amore should have all the titles. Um, I, I, I don't. I can't say that I disagree. Listen, I think that Bray. I think that WWE that now is the moment for Bray, and you might be right about him. They've really been protecting him in the ring over his entire career. But I don't like it. Uh, but I think that it's my hottest take of the podcast. I think I listen. That is a hot take. I don't like it. I I just think that they're going to be given time and opportunity because WWE knows that there are a lot of people who agree with you about Bray Wyatt. So I think that this is going to be a moment. You have to be like, you have to be interested in reaching the brass ring to actually re- to to get it. You know, and then this is going to be one of those moments. So here here's one of the things with Bray Wyatt. I really want you to think about this. He's kind of gross. Like he's sweaty and he's hairy and he's like, <laughs> I, I'm always watching. I'm always thinking like he's got to just have terrible bo. And so who who are the gross wrestlers that have really ascended to the top other than Mick Foley? You mean guys that you just probably that like you probably wouldn't want to sit next to on a bus ride after an it's event? Just that the gross the grosser wrestlers never seem to have the big 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 at the top arc. I don't know, man. I mean, I'm sure that I'm you sure. Can't I, think of one. Well, I mean, I wouldn't want to like sit next to Andre the Giant on a bus ride. Never after won an the event. title. Well, that's the that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, it's he's just. I don't know. I think like, that like there's a reason they love Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns hit clicks all the boxes. So okay, so the other the other I mean all the other it's people. A visual medium is my point. I think you're right. I think that's. I think. I think you that, can. By the way, I'm not hurt if you disagree with me. You well, can I, say I you're actually, dead wrong. I actually, outside of wrestling, I believe that like per- attractive professional athletes are better. So I. I don't. I'm not even saying attractive. I'm saying like, there's certain like if if he's on TV and my wife is watching with me and my son. Oh, she would be like that guy's gross. 
Yeah. Why is he why is he doing a thing with a crab walk upside down and Oh, I think it's great. Yeah, that's think, the thing. I think he's for the wrestling smarts. I, think I don't know if he has the mass appeal. I, I, if you give him the title, I don't see it. Um, well, we'll find out. He has the I title. He has the title. He just no, has I mean, the SmackDown title. The title coming out of WrestleMania. Yeah, like if he has the big. If you, bump. Yeah. Well, I think that the other matches that we that you have to look at are, I mean, the 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 three are Undertaker, Roman Reigns, which is not going to be a five star classic, but this could be a moment for Roman Reigns, and I'm, it could be the Undertaker's last match. So. I'm the most excited for that. Uh. Seth Rollins versus Triple H might tri- weirdly Seth Rollins versus Triple H might be the highest if you if if we had like a saber a kayfaber metric for just work rate that might be the highest level match. We don't even know if Seth Rollins is healthy though. Well, he's healthy enough to go into to wrestle at a WrestleMania in real life. He's gonna have a yeah. knee brace on, but he might be at your sixty percent, and it's probably gonna be a brawl and not a lot of moves. But if, but like you know, there's not a lot. There's not a there's not a clear cut Savage Steamboat on this card. Well, because they, they had Savage or Steamboat with AJ Styles, but they didn't they put, put him with the right Shane person. McMahon. That's the part I didn't get. Uh, that was the decision I did not like. Of all, I, I, in my column this week, I, I, I ranked all these big matches, or didn't rank them, but I, I asked whether or not we would remember this match, right? If this is going to be something that stands the test of time. Weirdly, I think that like AJ versus, I mean, AJ versus Shane is going to be one of the most memorable, one of the most test of time matches on this card, only so because Shane's involved. What's the history of two guys who are at their best when they're selling the other person actually going head to head? AJ and Shane? Yeah. Well, I mean, Shane doesn't. I mean, Shane takes a lot of big bumps, but he's not. Well, that's I'm, what I mean. Shane's gimmick as a wrestler is that, oh my god, I can't believe he took that bump. Yeah, and AJ I mean, Styles' job is to sell AJ's, other people. Listen, he's great at it. A, yeah, but he's no, getting, you, you know, I think he's the best guy. But I'm saying AJ Styles' job is just to have incredible matches. I mean, he had yeah. a, he had a he had a legitimately good match with James Ellsworth, right? I mean, he had he's done. That's the thing. But I'm saying, I think you. Maybe I'm not explaining the concept of selling right. AJ Styles could bring the best possible match out of whoever he's with, sure. right? So that's like like Michaels was like that. Yeah. Um, just get you go through the Macho Man was like that. You uh-huh. go through the history, the guys who could always consistently pull out the best match out of the other guy, right? How do you pull a great match out of Shane McMahon, whose his only specialty is to really take bumps? I think that that's one of the great questions going into WrestleMania. That's I mean, why I think it's a waste of AJ Styles. I'm not listen. I, here's what I would have done. There's a lot of if you want to rank waste that way. This WrestleMania every year is a disappointment, right? I mean, there, but I but I agree. I would I would have wanted AJ Styles with Lesnar. To me, it's like oh, can yeah. he pull a great match out of Lesnar? That's what I would have wanted to see. But that's more of like a personality question, right? Because you know Lesnar can have a great match. The question is whether Do or not we know? he's when motivated. Was last time it happened? Well, I guess that's true. Certainly not. You know, I mean. Brock Lesnar versus Dean Ambrose didn't do any favors for Dean Ambrose or Brock Lesnar, you know. I mean, or AJ Styles Goldberg. But is that better than AJ Styles Shane? I'll t- I'll say this. I I I say I can say with confidence that Sh- that AJ versus Shane will be a more memorable match than AJ versus Goldberg will have been, if only because I think you're right. WWE will still be talking about Shane McMahon in ten years. Well, Shane will clearly do something completely insane during the match, and that—that's. It's only a question of what he's going to jump off of, not not if or when. Can I give you my tiny wish list for WrestleMania? Yes. And I don't. Enzo and Big Cass are fighting, right? Yeah, they're, they're going to. They, they're in the tag match. They're in the tag match. There's a three-way match between them and Cesaro and Sheamus and the club. The club it's, has the titles now. It's time. For Enzo and Cass to split up. It's time. It's time to lay the seeds for SummerSlam. Yeah. It's time for the you screwed up the ending, the stare down. Uh oh, what's wrong? What's up with these guys? Like lay the seeds. Big Cass is ready for a run. I, I think he could be. I feel yeah. a really good singles guy and potentially like he could replace the Big Show as like the kind of giant villain. I think the unless big, Braun Strowman already took it. I don't know. I think the big missed opportunity. I don't disagree with you because they got to do something. I think the big missed opportunity with those two. Is how is that they both seem to have regressed weirdly since they got onto the main roster. Now, now Enzo is a better talker yeah. at times than he than he. I mean, I don't know if you can be better than he was. He's certainly still excelling at that, but Cast doesn't seem to be better in the ring, and he's certainly not a better talker. And Enzo, I mean, they're just. I think they're just. They just, you know, focused in on on what they were doing. They cut the same promo every week. That it's just real repetitive. It's. it's 
I mean, there's lessons from Road Dog and Badass Billy Gunn, right? Yeah, it but was they, like but that they, was the most fun intro, but then you can't just do it for two straight years. And those guys were like would work singles matches and like, yeah. you know, they they did they because they the roster was smaller, they were forced to do a bunch of different stuff with them, you know? I mean Enzo's biggest moment on the mic, I guess, was the well, when they were teaming up with Cena at that pay-per-view and he cut like a 25-minute promo to start the match. But my favorite Enzo even though there were moments that were really uncomfortable or was that we, I think, I think Cass was hurt when he came out and like hit on Sasha Banks in the middle of the ring. And they like to over there were they with Miz and Maurice or I mean, or no, who are they with anyway? Like that was a great moment of Enzo because Cass was nowhere to be found. And it was just Do like, you think it, Enzo's a good wrestler. No. So I think Enzo is, I think Enzo is, um, a very competent wrestler. I, I think he could be, I think, no, I'm not saying he is. He could be a good enough wrestler to carry him to near the top based on how good of a talker he is he cares a lot about being a wrestler the way you know i mean I'm, a lot of people know this he's done interviews and stuff but the i met enzo amore i think just one time and he it was before he was on the main roster and he just talked to me about like japanese wrestling like he he likes like he 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 wants to be a he wants to be a very good wrestler can i give you my how we'd fix it for enzo amore let's do it man so He's really an old school 80s type of talent, right? Sure. A lot of charisma, great with the mic, kind of a galvanizing force. Like Big Cass really seems to like him. Mm-hmm. In the old days, he's basically Michael Hayes. That's a perfect, yeah, perfect. He's the leader of a group. You want like a four or five. I think that Enzo, sweet spot for Enzo, he's a manager slash wrestler. I think that he's, that's he's in charge of these four or five guys in his domain, but he also wrestles sometimes. But he's the front man for all these people who don't have a personality. I think that's a great idea. Couldn't that work? Yeah, I mean, I think that the WWE's obviously resistant to both factions and managers. You know, I mean, obviously there's so exceptions why are they to the rule. To the managers, because managers were so well, important want, in the eighties, because they want everybody to be the Rock, right? You put everybody out there and say, you know, be a great performer and a top flight talker. So they want then, everyone to be probably the biggest fluke in the history of pop culture yes that is that's that's a they, problem they think but the it's rock true. is replicable that I mean, rock will never happen again paul Heyman. i think i wrote back for grantland that paul Heyman was like one of the most elite yeah yeah performers in that. wwe and it's like i said you can count him as a wrestler because if you know if if brock lesnar is a wrestler who never and he never talks then paul Heyman can be a wrestler and he never wrestles you know i mean it, it was it's a it, it was a silly argument but um, Enzo's skill is that he can ad lib like it's written out for him. Yeah, exactly. That's perfect for a manager. No, but you that's want to be I, like, hey, go out with Braun Strowman for, and sell the shit for out WWE of him. to see what Paul Heyman is doing and to see what Enzo is doing on a week, and, and then to not see a place for managers is sort of crazy. Um, I would also the fact that there's not a hot wrestling manager who's good with the mic who doesn't want to wrestle is yeah. when you have your audience the sweet spot for a big chunk of your audience is these kids from age 12 to 17. Yeah. That, I, mean, I don't understand why they don't have that either. Is that, I mean, that's part of Enzo's appeal, right? That he's to me to, to kids is that he's closer to their size. Yeah. It's the Steph Curry thing. He's funny. Yeah. I, I don't even really want to watch him wrestle. I, think, I like when he comes out in the ring and I like when he gives interviews. I don't really care about the wrestling as much. I think Michael Hayes is the perfect example. Although I will say that when I was a kid, I did had no concept that Michael Hayes was like not a very good wrestler. You know, he was just like, a, Oh, it seemed like he was amazing. Yeah. But he'd be like, he, all you had to do in those days was like show up with your shirt off and you know, people watching were like, well, I'm sure this guy's a really good wrestler, yeah. you know? And, and it's harder to sort of, I, if for some reason the line is more the line between wrestler or non wrestler is more solid these days. I don't I don't know why that is. Part of it's because of the way WWE has decided to put it together. Well, you would think with all the programming they have, if you're ever going to experiment, it'll be right now when you have five hours of live TV every week and you're doing a pay per view every four weeks, basically. Yeah, maybe try to maybe spend one month experimenting with somebody as a manager. It's really they have maybe a, we could be managers. You could you could definitely be a what manager. What wrestler needs a manager the most? What wrestler Ooh. would go jump a level? Like Braun Strowman's doing really well, but I feel like he's with the right manager, he could be the number one. He's on the upswing. I mean, listen, they they tried they tried and failed with putting Paul Heyman with Cesaro and with Curtis Axel, but part of that's just not you're not it's committing to it. It's like But but Cesaro is the one that you would say like if if he just had somebody talking for him, he would be he could be the champion. 
Um, and yet he's given a couple of the most interesting interviews anyone's given when he kind of seems like he's going off the script. On some level, I think we're all still, we, we all still have a desire for our wrestlers to talk like Macho Man Randy Savage. And it's hard to take anyone seriously. Does it. Yeah. I think that's Seth Rollins' problem. You know, I think yeah. that like as at least as a as a baby face is that he starts talking and you're just like, this guy's bugging me. Like I like I agree with him, but come on, you know. Roman Reigns has gotten very good <laughs> at drawing yeah. out his sentences. Like he, he remember when they they kind of gave him the mic too soon and he and he oh, yeah. fell apart that time on Monday Night Raw. Yeah. He's better now. He's a lot better. Um, this past Monday, he cut a straight heel promo on The Undertaker, and it was the best thing he's ever done. I root for Roman Reigns. I'm still all in. I if you want to talk I still about have my Roman Empire T-shirt. If you want a fantasy book managers, the best thing they could do with Roman Reigns, I think I've said this before, but the best thing they could do is just have Vince McMahon come out and be his full time manager, oh. and have the entire thing be Vince wants him to be the next champion. Like Vince wants him to be the face of the company and have him be at odds with Stephanie and Vin- at Triple H, you know, just have it be like, this is just Vince, Vince, like rubbing baby oil on his shoulders, you know, just like Vin- Vince, Vince, just like just cheering for selling him. him. Jim Cunningham likes that idea. I think I can't believe they haven't created a character called Vince McMahon, the third. <laughs> and it could be a fake McMahon, but we wouldn't know. And it was like, it's Vince's illegitimate child from the eighties. He's here now to claim the empire. Well, they tried and to we, do that with, they tried to do that with, uh, with, with Mr. Ken, with Ken Kennedy. And then he got suspended or whatever. So they made Hornswoggle Vince's illegitimate son. When did that happen? I, I don't even know. I think I, I must've missed that year. Quick. Can we do our quick annual complaint about that? The show's way too long. Uh, I can't, I complain about it all the time. Would they, I watched, it's got, were they going to be five hours this year? It's five. It's five hours. I, I think they said they're cutting back on the number of pay-per-views after WrestleMania. I don't know if that's true or not. Um, I, I just, my, I hate when people complain when they get to go to stuff and have good seats. Yeah. And I have a good time at every WrestleMania. Oh, you're just talking about the length of WrestleMania. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I thought you meant the number of hours a week of programming. No, no, no. Well, that's a whole other issue. Um, to, to do anything for five hours. Like, think about that. Like, a flight from L.A. to Boston is six hours. Yeah. It's a cross-country flight where you have to go, oh, man, I got to fly back to the East Coast. Oh, shit. WrestleMania is as long as a cross-country flight. Yeah, I definitely I don't understand how, how, how did we get here? Who wants this? They need to do it in two nights. I mean, I, I think I said that a long time ago, but they, they just, just split it up, you know? I mean, that'll make WrestleMania seem bigger. Just split it up in two nights. Do two nights and have a cross between NXT and WrestleMania well, yeah. on Saturday I, mean, I don't night? think there's any reason to not to combine NXT onto the main roster because even if they're opening both shows, like that's like let that be the warm-up act and let those hardcore those are the hardcore fans. They're gonna be there in their seats anyway, probably. Or you could do NXT on Friday and just do WrestleMania on Saturday and Sunday or or you know, and do the Hall of Fame some afternoon it doesn't matter or like, just go 24 straight hours and just never <laughs> never ends well i mean that would be the i mean that's the, that's that would be another cool way to do it is just to say that like wrestlemania is gonna last for 12 hours but we're just gonna have a match at the top of every hour you know so you can like go run an errand and come back or something you <laughs> People know in the audience are just they're running out of water to, they're peeing well, on themselves they probably learn a lot from like from viewing metrics or whatever but if like you know if they said that Kevin Owens versus Chris Jericho starts at four o'clock and then Roman Reigns versus Undertaker is at five and like four o'clock, like everybody just went to get a sandwich. Like that would suck for Owens and Jericho, but at least like WWE would know, you know, and would you and make, we, would you turn, when did they do the terrible hall of fame night that everyone gives awful speeches? It's Friday now. I mean, and that's one that talk about six hours long. I mean, that's that the hall of fame, the, 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 the hall of fame runs like as long as they you can know, it's talk. a bad idea giving old Washed up wrestlers in open mic. The craziest That's thing. That's the worst idea you could have in entertainment. If you and I, if you or I decided to put on WrestleMania and we had an unlimited budget and we had, we could hire who we wanted and all the wrestlers in the world were, were available. It would be the biggest piece of shit ever because we're not Vince McMahon, right? Like he's, sure. he is so good at running a show or they, WWE is so good at running the, the show that they run. It's unbelievable. The fact that the people with that sort of management skills cannot put on cannot cannot get an employee to stop talking after five minutes at the hall of fame is insane 
They should just like they write. They co- they help them write the scripts, and they're all twenty minutes long. They should each time Goldberg should come out and just clothesline them at the <laughs> five minute mark. They had Kane come on. out for Mr. T, but that was I mean they 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 just don't have the balls to do it. For, Would you have a Legends card on Friday? That's a really interesting question. There's a there was a long too time much, too much Randy the Ram. There was potential. a long time where I would have said yes, but it's not like these legends are jumping off cages or anything. Like you can do, and the most interesting thing to me is that the is that as much as people complain about it, you know, I was saying before, old Undertaker is the best Undertaker, right? Triple H is legitimately a better wrestler yeah. in his old since he shaved his head than he was in his heyday. It, it's it's very interesting. You also, wouldn't want to see Razor Ramon stumbling around the ring against. No, Jason, I think you got to uh, be. I think you got to be really specific. Also, though, I think that like if they started, it's sort of like the the like the the PGA Tour. It's like you, they you know old people used to look different 15 years ago. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that, like Arnold Palmer with like gray hair and his gut and like, it was like, he was like, he, he was an old man. Yeah. Like Tiger Woods is going to be playing on like the, what's it called? I mean, going to be, going to be playing at like, well, his senior back, tour, his, he's, his back's messed up, but He'll like, be fine. if he was playing at 60 years old, he would look like Tiger Woods, you know, like yeah. everybody looks different. So it's one thing now to imagine like, yeah, Ricky, the dragon steamboat could go, but like, in 15 years from now, John Cena is going to look exactly the same. So he could he could wrestle on the Legends Night. Yeah, you're right. He will. He'll have the same haircut. Yeah, the fans okay. will be both confused and excited to see him. So have we? Have, have you heard the rumors about John Cena at WrestleMania? No. That he's supposed like the the rumor now. Rumors. Who knows? Is that he's you know he's tagging with Nikki Bella against Miz and Maurice, and everyone's wondering why that why is this the spot for John Cena? The rumor now is that he's going to propose to Nikki. In the ring at WrestleMania after the match. I'm so glad I'm not going. <laughs> that sounds horrible. Uh, oh. I don't think I, there's nobody in my life I'd want to see propose to whoever they want to get married to. Like, great. Just there have been some great proposals. Macho Man, you, you, weren't, you weren't a fan of Macho Man proposing to Miss Elizabeth? Well, that happened? was different. I, I did love that. And it was nice to see them put all their domestic violence baggage behind them. That, they were already, that now is not I think they were well. already divorced at that point in real life. Oh, man. I mean, she was. I, I, I take it back. I said the snooker cage, snooker cage leap and and uh, Savage and Steamboat. Savage Steamboat, yeah. I think Miss Elizabeth, it's the top three. Miss oh, Elizabeth wow. changed the game for the women just weren't involved. Yeah. It was like the fabulous moolah. And it was like, wait. There's a there's a good looking woman in a in a wrestling match. Oh my god, it was like life altering. Well, there was some beauty. Yeah, I mean that was a really weird moment for women in WWF in general. There was, I mean, they, it was the sort of yeah, post the, the post Moolah Wendy Richter. I mean, I guess when they let Wendy Richter go, yeah, that changed that that basically changed women's wrestling until three three years. years ago. Yeah, I mean it was. Well, it they was used nuts. it was like the Vanna White approach of just they were. Yeah. What is, it, what is it? What is it? What, you know, we have the, but for, unfortunately, I think just for perception purposes, both of the women's matches at WrestleMania are just sort of multi-person match. Like the SmackDown one is like every woman who's on the roster and on raw, it's Charlotte, Sasha, Bailey, and Nia Jax are all in the ring at the same time. Feels like they screwed up the women's division when they split them up. There wasn't enough talent. That's, that's definitely true. It's, it would be like if the NBA was like, we're creating a second NBA with yeah. 30 teams in each league and you only had 15 teams. Doesn't make sense. Yeah. Put everyone on the First of all, it would have been a good way to brand SmackDown anyway, make it the women's division. Yeah, I think it was just a competing perception issues that they didn't want to make it look like they were demoting the women's division to one show when the men were on both shows and they didn't want to put them off on their own show. Who were they worried about offending? They they have a lot. I mean, it's just, it's it's a lot of PR, a lot of PR questions. I think that women's division's a mess, which is weird because the talent's never been better. Well, Sasha and Charlotte have had one of the great years of any, of, in any Charlotte's feud. great. I mean, they, they've never had a better anchor for the division who can just wrestle all types of people. But it's yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where they go out of here. What how does what what does Ben does Ben does Ben appreciate the women just like he does the men? No, Ben they, appreciate pretty. I got to be honest, they're in danger of losing Ben. My son's now nine, yeah. so now it's to the stage where he's either going to grow grow out of it, move on, or stay. And it's like, you know, when he really got into it. You had, he loved Daniel Bryan. Um, who else was in there? Was one of the. John Cena, I mean, back then. He loved John Cena, but, they, you know, everyone grows out of John Cena sure. when they hit nine or 10. But they need like that, that hook. CM for, Punk type. Yeah. 
they don't really have it. He like he likes AJ Styles a lot, but it's not like well, the, he, he hasn't. You your know, mistake was taking him to see MMA. Now he's that, he, that he's seen the issue. he's he's seen the real thing. I shouldn't now. have done that. I shouldn't have done that. It probably doesn't. It probably doesn't help the abuse that you take in the house either. I shouldn't have done that. He's he, he's really in horror movies right now, and that's that's uh, that's hurt on <laughs> wrestling. He likes movies where something's wrong with the house. That's a, that's his new thing. Oh, uh, something's going on in the attic. That's incredible. Yeah. So if the WWE can work that into anything, what's going to be the worst match, by the way, before we go? Oh man, um, what's the stinker? Here's the thing. There's a lot. I mean, there's a lot of potential for some for a number of these matches to be terrible. Um, I think that that I mean, there's not the, the John Cena and Nikki versus Miz and Maurice has the potential just to be just so silly. But we're not. But the expectations for that are sort of minimal. I think that the one. I think that the one with the biggest downside is Goldberg versus Lesnar because what we know is that gonna be last. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hundred percent. Universal title. The two biggest names in the card. That I think. I, I think that they're gonna book it. They're gonna think they're gonna map the whole thing. Out. I think they're gonna be really careful with it. But if you want to go off of you know careers and track records and everything else, like you know they had the worst match in Russell. They had the most like ridiculous, the the, the most loudly booed match in WrestleMania history. And since then, they've had like 35 seconds of interaction. Everyone got upset about it. This is the Royal Rumble. I mean, it was WrestleMania 30 when Daniel Bryan eventually won the title. Yeah. They had to put him in there to, to make up for it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Batista was was uh, a real problem. But that's it's the same. It's the Roman Reigns issue. It's every time that it, every time w, the, the 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 diehard fans think that they can see what Vince McMahon is thinking, then they reject it. I'm I'm both not excited and super excited. It's WrestleMania. How can you not be excited? Yeah, I mean that's. I what... think I'm glad we're not going this year because it really allows us to kind of dive in and out mentally, and not just be be trapped there for five and a half hours if it's not going well. Because when it's not going well, that's when it, WrestleMania is really tough. Yeah, I totally like, agree. Oh, oh it's, my it, god, it can, it can two seem... more hours to go. Yeah, and it can really be. I mean, it's funny because like you go. You, you want matches, you know, when you're, when you go to live events, the worst part is when they're airing commercials or whatever. And you just, you know, you're, you're just spaced out. WrestleMania spends a lot of time with promo packages and entrances, which isn't fun, but there, but there gets to a point where there's so many of these giant matches that it feels like a slog, you know, it's when you're, are you happy with the announcers right now? Oh, wow. You're going all in. Well, I will say that the JBL called you out last night. I mean, not called you out, mentioned you positively. What did he say? Uh, they, so there was some mention of Andre the Giant. Oh, he was good. like, Bill Simmons needs to use that in his documentary on HBO. I'm just asking, are you happy? Do they like they don't have a star announcer right now? No, I mean Mauro Ronaldo is Mauro's good. Is good. He's he's been he was MIA I think for a couple of weeks. But the because um, I was thinking like I actually think they could use Enzo in that way too. I like when they have guest announcers. I think the Miz is good when he guest announces. I th- I think that I wonder why they don't do more of that. My my biggest hang up. I've said this before. My biggest my, if I if I could change one thing is that they they just go too far in formalizing the whole thing. Yeah, why? The best thing about go about growing up and you go back and watch like YouTube videos or whatever, you never know who's going to be the announcers, right? Yeah. Like it's Gorilla Monsoon a lot of the time, but sometimes sometimes he's with Bobby, sometimes he's with Jesse, some, and then sometimes it's just like Vince and Pat Patterson, and you can tell that they're just like they're just like having the time of their life, and you can't understand a word of what they're saying. Yeah, like and why couldn't Enzo and Big Cass announce like an hour of Raw? Yeah, or just and then you know they're going to get involved at some point. I mean, because that's have, the rule of wrestling announcers. Even just even just play by play guys, they and, and women, they have five people on staff, maybe more, who could do this job, right? Just change, every week should just be a different person. Just whoever's available, whoever wants to work that week, you know. And then you can cycle in wrestlers as like the second the and third chair. It. Oh, the Miz could be great. Get some celebrities as the third person. I loved when I got to do a match a couple years ago, and I'm not even a celebrity. It's yeah. I mean, just to, I mean, it, the province they're they're just it's just so orchestrated, and they and they're the the lead announcer so has afraid. to sell so much stuff. You know, it's always about what's coming on next, or what's at the pay per view, or what product they're endorsing. I mean, it's it's too much. It's too much. You know, yeah. All right. Anyway, do you want to talk about Andre the Giant at all? I mean, it's a long time away. We've been working on it, and uh, give bank, the banking interviews. Give and, the Masked Man fans just that. Yeah, just give them a little bit of the confidence that this is that this is happening, and it's going to be great. 
Oh, it's 100% happening. We're doing the interviews and stuff. WWE's all in. Hey, the most fascinating thing we've learned, I don't mind giving this away, is, you know, we always talk about, is there a WWE Hall of Fame or not? Uh Or when is that coming? Could they do it? Yeah. So they have this warehouse where it's like everything, everything, the history of WWE is in this gigantic warehouse. Yeah. And Jason, the director, was in there like looking for Andre the Giant stuff. They had a guy, they brought him around and it's like, you know, just have a box and it's like Andre the Giant's trunks. <laughs> and it's like, here's Andre the Giant's socks. And yeah. then it's like, over here, there's the there's the ring post when Snooka's head hit it. Like, they have everything. I don't, I don't know if they have like the coconuts that Piper smashed against <laughs> uh, Snooka, but like, it's the entire history of the WWE and just that was a myth. That's when you realize like the totality of, of how cool this could be and just how much history they have now. You're talking, you know, even post Bruno San Martino, you're talking 40 years of history just in 77 and Andre bridges the first era of that. But, uh, yeah, but I think, I think, uh, that that got me really excited. That's when it felt real when it was getting texts from Jason about yeah, you showed in the me the warehouse. Yeah, I showed you the socks. It's really incredible. Andre's socks were like as big as a ten year old boy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, they've you know I've seen some of the footage, some of the the raw footage of Andre matches that that Jason's been pouring over, and they're just I. Th- it was amazing how many how many matches they had. Yeah. Some, they sent us this whole catalog. I was like, hey, we got to get Shoemaker. Like it was they, just of every, basically everything they have digitally. I think I'll just say, I mean, like, yeah, without giving too much away, it's super cool to be, it's like seeing the socks. It's like, it's, it's feels, it's amazing to be watching videos that you think, you know, that it's possible that like nobody's really seen, certainly not in the definition, you know, the quality that they had them in, um, yeah, and in it's a long also, time. And he's somebody that is really special to, uh, to Vince and his family yeah. and, you know, and that's why there's a lot of pressure to make this great. And fortunately, we have an awesome director and uh, and a great story and the most compelling lead character you could ever want. And somebody who intersected with a lot of people's lives. I don't want to give away the interview guest list, but it's it's amazing. It's not just wrestling. It's all these different people that passed through his life. That's unbelievable. Uh, you know, so anyway. Um, yeah. Hopefully... We'll go back by and the watch. time WrestleMania 34 rolls around. Hopefully, the audience um, either it'll have already come out or it'll about to come out or something. All right, last thing before we go. Speaking yeah. of WrestleMania 34, if yeah. you had to predict the main event right now, oh, I like this. The safe the safe bet is that it's going to involve like The Rock, not Bray know? Wyatt. They'll have quit on Bray Wyatt by then. <laughs> Undertaker's probably gone. I, it's hard to imagine any legends. Roman, so you have like Roman Reigns, I would say, Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, AJ Styles. So if I if I was a gambling man and the odds, I'd put the odds on AJ Styles versus Roman Reigns. All right, for whatever. They actually, I actually like watching them wrestle. So that's <laughs> that. That's not that's not bad news. I think Roman Reigns over the next year becomes the guy, and. They're they're gonna know a year from now that he's gonna have to have an incredible WrestleMania match, and Styles is the best guy that they have to put in to to bring the best out of the other person. Yeah, so I th- there you go. I think it'll be. I think that if you, add, I, I don't, I have no idea what is on the dry erase board at Titan Towers right now. Um, I mean, Reigns is in the main event next year. I know that. Yeah, I know that. Well, I, I, I think every year it starts with The Rock versus Brock Lesnar, and then it, wait, then it eventually gets crossed off. But um, you know why The Rock isn't going to be in WrestleMania 34? Because he's, he's the, like the most famous celebrity in the world now. <laughs> he's the most successful actor by any calculation. He's going to be making Jumanji 3 by then. He's the, the most uh, successful and famous celebrity that we have right now. He's yeah. not going to be at another WrestleMania. I'm going to get. I'm going to guess Finn Balor is going to make it. Finn Balor is going to. Finn Balor. Finn, in a, I think Finn Balor's in the main event. Yeah, he was. He won the title at SummerSlam and got hurt. I think that he's going to be back in the picture wow. really soon. Okay. I think I think Finn versus Finn versus like heel Roman Reigns would be great, or it might just be like a Finn Finn Balor versus. Can we just call him Heel Roman Reigns? That yes. should be his nickname. 
Yeah. And now heal Roman Reigns. I, I, I think that that would we. I think if we all just acknowledge Triple H said this week, like he's our biggest heel. I don't know why no one's like why you want me to turn him heel. He's a good he's heel. Our, he's know. got makes good evil faces. Yeah, I think I think that it would do something for my. It would do a lot for my mind to kind of formalize that just heal if Roman they, Reigns from now on. If they really want to make him a heel, he's got to turn on the Rock. Yeah. It's family turns on family is nothing makes a wrestling fan angry than that. You don't turn yeah. on your family. I totally agree. It's the plot of Fast and Furious 8. Vin <laughs> Diesel turns on his family. It's like, what? It's your family. You don't turn on them. Oh, man. No, it's totally true. And if if there's anything that's true, it's, a, it, you know, Vin Diesel is the moral compass of our entire culture. So Roman hitting the rock over the back with a steel chair and saying... You're not family to me anymore. Would be the best way to make him a heel. They he, they should have Roman run in during like the during the you know the the series of press interviews for the next thing. Oh, like fa- fa- yeah, yeah. He's the state of the future. He's just sitting. My in a, God, what's happening? He's sitting in a chair next to Vin Diesel, giving like an, <laughs> an Access Hollywood interview or something, and Roman Reigns just brutalizes him. Vin Diesel him. might do that to the Rock. That's true. I, I think that's like where all we're, that, that's what makes the, the, those movies so exciting. Now they're kayfaving us. The entire thing is like there's the the I wrestling think they behind hate the each scenes. other for this entire run. Well, that's I think what, everyone hates Vin Diesel. Uh, I'm. I want Vin, can Vin Diesel write a piece for the Ringer, just like ten thousand words on what he thinks the Fast franchise is means means family. Well, yeah, hopefully he can go into more it's depth than that. Thing. Not that be it. It's about family. <laughs> all right, man. WrestleMania hey. 33 is on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be awesome, I'm sure. What is they charge at seventy nine ninety nine? No, it's on the WWE Network. It's oh yeah, you're right. What do they charge month? for the layman who don't have the WWE Network? I have no idea. I don't know if it's anyone even does that anymore. Bucks, right? Is there any way that you would like when you Google when you Google like pay per view WrestleMania? Don't you think the first thing that comes up is an ad for the WWE Network at this point? I thought you, I thought they had to keep the pay per view. Oh, no, no, they well, some of them dumped WWE. Some of the, the the providers dumped them because they were mad about the network. They're probably back on now. But honestly, I haven't heard anybody talk about a pay per view about buying a pay per view in a year and a half. Jim, are you looking at Jim up? Cunningham still buys them? Oh, 60 bucks. Okay, so cheaper than subscribing for a year to the network, but also you can just subscribe for free to the network. So I'm trying I don't, to remember what the first one was. First one cost. I'm gonna say 19.99. Oh yeah, tops. Couldn't have been more than twenty bucks. No, I didn't care. I just charged it to my. Because tenants. at that point, you were like just throwing money into the ether. Like the show, you didn't know if the show was going to come on. You, you know, at that point, I mean, you're calling your cable company and saying, "Can I have this thing?" And they're like, "Yeah, we'll bill you later or whatever." But like, you didn't know what. I mean, you, you wouldn't pay fifty bucks for something you didn't know was going to work. My biggest memory of WrestleMania too is that King Kong Bundy clearly bladed. And I remember <laughs> in the moment being bummed out. It's like, oh, come on, man. Don't go to the, I just love the King, wide shot. Anything with King Kong Bundy works for me. Like he King Kong Bundy villain. right he, now could be a top heel in WWE. King Kong Bundy is one of those. It's like, it's like the, uh, the Drexler era Blazers or these basketball teams that had a way better run. They're like the Artest, Jermaine O'Neal Pacers. Yeah. King Kong Bundy was about the most relevant villain there for nine months. Yeah. He was like the, he was the villain. And it was like the was, Mr. Wonderful Paul Wondorf. And then he was one. in weird mixed little person tag matches with Hillbilly Jim. CM Punk for a year was the most relevant wrestler we had. Yeah. Maybe for a little bit more than a maybe year. Maybe even longer than a year. Yeah, yeah. People have their moments. Yeah, man. David Shoemaker, congrats on having your podcast. Hey. Enjoy it. Thanks for, thanks for letting it happen. Yeah. And uh, thanks for coming on this week. Thank Enjoy you. Enjoy WrestleMania, man. I appreciate you too.